invest in yourself and that will pay out forever. Invest in a deal and you get a deal. But if you invest in yourself, you can make deals out of all sorts of things. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I'm pleased and honored to be introducing you to Trevor McGregor. You recognize his name. He's been on the show multiple times. Just search Trevor McGregor, Joe Fairless, and you'll hear his interviews that I did with him. And he has a lot of value during those interviews. Well, he's had a lot of value in my life. For the last five years, I have hired him to be a consultant to help me with my real estate business and just personal stuff too as a life slash business coach. And he's taken my game to a different level. Before I hired him, I had four single family homes. And oh, by the way, I was also single. Fast forward to today, my company controls over $300 million worth of real estate. And I am happily, happily married. Clearly, results are going to vary, but he has helped me in five years do things that I didn't even have on my radar. So I suggest that you speak to Trevor McGregor if you're looking to take your real estate investing business to the next level. If you've had success and are looking to build on that success, then he's your guy. Go to trevormcgregor.com or coachwithtrevor.com. And you'll be able to apply for a conversation with him, coachwithtrevor.com. We used to do a free consultation. We got too many free consultations and he actually is pretty full with his consulting program and he's very conscientious about the value that he adds. He wants to add tremendous value. So he's being very selective with people who he does work with. So go to coachwithtrevor.com and apply to have a conversation with him. And then you two can decide if it makes sense to work together or not and hire him as a consultant. It has impacted my life in a tremendously positive way. Him and his wife have gone to my wedding. Trevor's been to my conference a couple years. And I know him well. And I suggest that you get to know him as well. Coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Lance Wakefield. How you doing, Lance? Doing great, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing great. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Lance. He started wholesaling in March of 2016 and now has a team that does about 30 plus deals a month. Holy moly. You got going quickly and up and running. His focus is wholesaling, but also does fix and flips and has experience in buy and hold investing as well as new construction. Based in Dallas, Texas, with that being said, Lance, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, my current focus is still wholesaling and I've dabbled in the others that are just kind of a, I would call them a byproduct because once you have the deal, it's, it's how you're going to exit that deal that I kind of focus on. And so my focus right now is wholesaling. I still get involved in occasionally the fix and flip or whatever, but we've got teams in place to do that now rather than me spending my time directly on it. How have you scaled to 30 deals a month in a short period of time? 
Great question. A loaded question, I'm sure, well, right? A very loaded question. Because <laughs> I wish I knew the answer completely because then I could do it even further. So to give you an idea, right now we've got about 100 deals under contract. And we do that through good marketing. And I found that the most important thing about marketing, whether you're a real estate agent, whether you're a wholesaler, whatever you might be doing, is that you're marketing to the right people. And so your data is really key. So for us, data has been a big part of things. I would also say education is key, but the right type of education. I'm not a big proponent of guru education. I'm more a proponent of, I kind of termed it myself, but like partnership education where you're working with people and adding value to them while learning yourself. Mm -hmm. How have you done that? The most important thing is when I found people that I wanted to emulate or learn from is I figured out how to bring massive value to them. So sometimes that is in the form of cash. Sometimes it is in the form of deals. There was a partnership that I struck up last year that was excellent where when I walked into their office, we agreed on a 50-50 split, but I brought seven deals to the table at that time and agreed on like a set marketing budget every month to bring in more deals to continue to add value. So they just helped walk me through my deals on the process of how to sell them. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of already figured out and learned some negotiation and, and how to get the deals under contract. And then they helped me understand the whole process from how to contract them better, how to understand your ARV better, which is your after repair value, how to understand what a landlord is looking for. And so I really was able to understand what people needed and then we set to work going and finding those deals for people, which is what we are now doing full time. And you just kind of systematize the process. And November last year, I had a partner buy into the business with me and he really helped me systematize things. He's the analytical type that's really good at the details. And I'm the big picture, move things forward type. And so together we were able to complement each other a lot. And we just went to town and been working our butts off ever since. And things are going great. It sounds like you got up and running and you got to a point and then you realized you had certain skill sets and you needed to learn other skill sets. So then you either paid people to teach you or you partnered with them and structured it in a way where they benefited and you benefited. Is that accurate? Yeah, exactly. If I was a real estate agent, I was going to go and talk to a broker and wanted to move over to his brokerage and say, hey, mentor me. I wouldn't go to his brokerage empty-handed. I would go over with a dozen listings or something where that broker is going to see value. And rather than saying, I'm going to take a 70-30 or an 80-20 or whatever, I'm going to give you these at 50-50, but just please teach me how you did this. Mm -hmm. And I was straightforward. These guys who helped teach me, I'm like, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be your competition. And so they began with the end in mind. And I said, you know, this is what I need. We set up a six-month term on the partnership and they taught me a ton and I took what they had taught me, what others had taught me. And then I'm an avid reader. I try and read at least a book a week and apply that knowledge in as well to give my own piece to it. And then now I have experience under me where I can use the experience I've had to say, well, although this is what I learned through experience, I've really learned that this is the best way. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting approach, and I haven't heard it articulated in the way that you just articulated it, where you identify who can help you take it to the next level, then you give them an offer they can't refuse, essentially, a very nice lucrative offer for them, but with the full disclosure that you're eventually going to things go well, you're going to be their competition, you're going to be doing the same stuff they're doing and hopefully if things go well at their level 
And then they benefit because, well, you give them an offer they can't refuse. It's a really good lucrative opportunity. And then you certainly benefit because now you're at the next level that you were aspiring to be at. Exactly. The easy part is finding the person because you really just look out there and you say, who do I want to be like? If I wanted to be a great podcaster, I would call Joe Fairless and be like, hey man, how did you do this? Teach me. And I would figure out some way to add value with podcasting. It might be a little difficult, but money always helps. Money never hurts anything. So paying people I've found is a very, very good way to get what you need. How many people have you done this type of structure with? Either you paid them cash or deals. The reason why I'm asking this question is because I'm thinking of a set of stairs and I'm picturing you starting out at the bottom and then every person you identify, you climb up one stair. And so I'm wondering how many people did you actually partner with and help you get to different levels? Two. There are two different groups. One was based in Georgia and another was based here in Dallas. And I didn't need them to get me to the top of the stairway. I just needed them to get me pointed in the right direction and get in the habit of climbing some steps. I didn't need to get to the top because I feel like I want to do things, I guess, my way and build my business to form to my needs and my desires and all of that. So I just needed some help in getting going because that is the hardest part. Once you're up and going, opportunities are everywhere. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm sure you say no to hundreds of opportunities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like I I get opportunities all the time. I have to turn down because you got to select your highest and best. And so that's really my focus was just, Hey, how do I get through this? And they helped me do some pretty big paradigm shifts, which resulted in me being able to get pointed in the right direction. And then I could run because the hard thing is, I think when you're getting going, you're running in circles, you know, Mm -hmm. and they stopped me. They pointed me in the right direction. They said, go. And so then I I can run, but I just didn't understand which way to run or, or quite how to run. I didn't realize a straight line was far better than a circle. So some of those basic things that you don't realize you're doing, they're able to coach me out of and point me in the right direction. You mentioned earlier that you like partnership education, but before you said that, you said you don't like the guru stuff. But when you said you like the partnership education, you said you find a way to add massive value to the person or group you identify that you want to emulate, and then you either pay them or you partner with them. So in your mind, what's the difference between paying someone and the no guru thing that you mentioned? For me, a guru, they come in a lot of different forms, but they're going to offer a weekend program that guarantees success or something like that. Anyone who's offering you some guarantee of success, in my opinion, is um, that's a nice way to say this. They're, they're, they're pulling your chain a little bit. There's no success. The only guarantee to success is yourself and your hard work and what you're willing to put into it. Yep. I can give somebody the perfect wholesaling system. And if you don't act on it, it's good for nothing. So I'm not going to go around and tour the country doing seminars to get you to sign up for my $30,000 weekend and then sell you a $100,000 week and then sell you a million dollar month or whatever these guys are doing. If you're getting education, make sure it's a very clear education and that you know what you want to get out of it and they're fulfilling it. It's not an emotional, oh, I'm at this seminar and they're awesome. So I'm going to drop 20 grand and go pull out a new credit card to do it and all. No. 
No, there's this delineation point of this guy is doing or has created what I've created. And there are some, I would say, pretty big time coaches who are able to do that. But there's also some pretty big time gurus or coaches or whatever you want to call them that don't add the value. And Mm -hmm. so it's just like, if you're spending tens of thousands of dollars on something, make sure you're getting it from a reliable source. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people who get stuck in, you know, I spent all my money. I can't buy a deal now on a guru. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, that was smart. (laughs) A lot more if you just bought a deal and even if you so, still would have learned way more by going through that deal than you did in that class. So getting education, if you get education, make sure it's a clear cut education. You know exactly what you're getting out of it and they are delivering on it. With your education in that realm, how much have you invested in it? About a quarter million. And someone who's listening might have sticker shock. What would you say to him or her? Well, it started out small. And then in doing different deals and everything, I use the deals to pay them. I don't walk into it with a quarter million. I walked into a broke and did some deals to get some money, use the money I got from my deals to reinvest in myself. So I was like a bull in a China shop doing my first deals. I had no clue. I was just going to hit stuff until something worked out. And it did. And I got some deals. And last March was when I I got three or four deals under contract, sold them all. And in the span of a month, made like 100K. Well, I reinvested all that money into marketing and myself and to education and was able to then take it to the next step and get more money and then reinvest and go through that cycle for a while until I really felt comfortable doing this. And so I was able to use my deals to pay for this expensive thing that I needed, which was the education. Let's switch gears and let's talk about marketing. You said data is key. Can you elaborate on how you utilize data and help to get you to where you're at now? Yes. I've been doing the wholesale thing for a while. And the more I got into it, the more I realized the importance of the data and who I'm contacting and how. And the more I realized that that was the key. I'd see other wholesalers that would spend tens of thousands marketing and it wouldn't have the same results. And so I got better at it. And eventually I'm now actually in the process of putting together a data coaching company where we're going to teach you how to do it and give you the data because I've noticed those are the two key things everybody's missing. They don't quite know what to do. They don't quite understand how to scale it and they don't quite get the right data. They'll go to list source, which is an okay source of data, but a lot of their data isn't quite accurate. When you really break it down and look at it, like their equity evaluation of a property is wrong. Hmm. And so when you're going on there and buying an equity list, you're getting a equity list. It's fake equity. It's not always there. You know? And <laughs> Sounds so like, like a cuss word, equity. I know, equity. Right? I, I came up with that right now. So um, <laughs> I had a, but understanding that data and who your client is and what they personally look like, what the properties look like through data is what's enabling me to kind of continue to scale and understand how to grow it. But it's difficult to go nationwide with things like being a great real estate team or a wholesaler. So I've kind of found the other direction is to produce the data for people and adding huge value to them by giving them true data It is something that the marketplace needs. And so we've been working on creating that because I need it. And then if I need it, I know a lot of other people need it because a lot of wholesalers, they're doing two deals a month and they want to grow, but they just need a, a path to get there. And how do you get the right data if it's not through something like list source? 
Well, how we're doing it is expensive because it's scalable, but we've got every single one of the 130 million homes and their owners data locked. We understand who each owner is and what they do, their habits, and what that makes them and how likely that makes them willing to sell to a realtor or how likely it makes them to need to refinance their mortgage or how likely it makes them to sell to a wholesaler. So understanding that you can narrow greatly who you're marketing to because the expensive part is your reach, how you're reaching out to them, whether you're calling them, whether you're knocking on their door, whether you're sending them direct mail, you're on the radio. The expensive part is the marketing. And when a lot of people will be like, well, they'll spend money on a mediocre or poor list Mm -hmm. and then spend a ton of money on marketing. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You got this backwards, guys. You want to get a really good, clean, solid list that's excellent and then spend money on marketing. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like right now, we drop 200,000 postcards a month. That's expensive, man. Yeah. How much is that? like 50K a month, but we are at such a high volume that we can command a much, much, much better price than most people. But there's data on top of that. There's all these things and it's like, man, if your data is better and I can mail 100,000 people and get the same result or reach out to them in another way and get the same result, I don't want to brag about 200,000 postcards. I want to brag about 20,000 leads, Mm -hmm. 10,000 or whatever those numbers are. That's the end result. So how do I get there in a more efficient way? Mm -hmm. For a best ever listener who's listening and they are shaking their head, heck yeah, I do spend a little bit of money on a poor list, but a ton of money on marketing. What's a tactical thing they can do after hearing this conversation to help them have a better list? Man, I wish there was an easy, good answer to that. You can always reach out to me. I'll see if we can help you. That's one source. I don't know. That's why I had to do it myself. I couldn't find anyone who could do it, man. There are some data options out there and the way that everybody does it's a little different and I couldn't find this. This is it. So I had to make it. What would be the second best way? Honestly, I wish I had a good answer for you. County website or? If you're talking just on a small scale, it's really hard to find a better lead in a wholesale arena, probably not for an agent, but for like a wholesale arena, it's really hard to beat what you can get from your tax delinquents, from your code violations, from your pre-probates, pre-foreclosures, those lists that you can find on a county level and sometimes city level, those are great lists The issue is scaling them. How many county courthouses can you really go to and still be effective at what you're doing? How many cities can you go to and get the code violation list and still stay effective with your other marketing? And that's what I've seen. And what I ran into is scalability. Mailing 200,000 people, there's about, I want to say three and a half million rooftops in DFW, four million, something like, maybe, no, it's six million in DFW. I'm getting Houston DFW mixed up. So understanding like, hey, how do I get all that data? It's a ton of work. And if you're getting it for the whole country, you've got it for the whole country. It's just how you analyze that data. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? It it does. Yeah, you gave tax delinquents code violations, pre-foreclosures on a county or city level. So cool. That's helpful. Thank you for that. Did you have significant money before you started in 2006? Dude, I was so freaking broke. It was a joke. I remember in 2016... I remember listening to your podcast. I remember seeing you interact with people on bigger pockets and being, dude, Joe Fairless is the man. 
this guy's brilliant. Didn't you have like a million dollar flip or something like that? Was that you? Uh, not a flip, but I was doing apartment syndications. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, how could I ever get there? So I was broke as a joke, man. I had no money. Did a few mailers and hustled like crazy. So were you going to ask how I got going then? No, I wasn't going to ask that. I asked that question because you've invested 250000 in your education. You invest $50,000 a month in postcards. And for someone who didn't have money in 2016, I was wondering how your mental capacity for dealing with these larger numbers evolved versus if you had a lot of money before then 50,000 a month spending you might not think as much about that. I look at it on how I digest those big numbers is by looking at the smaller numbers that create the big numbers. If I send out a thousand marketers, I get 10 phone calls. If I get 10 phone calls, I can probably convert one of those into a deal. So if I'm looking at it like that, it's like, okay, well, if I send out 2000, then I can get two deals. And if mm-hmm. I send out 3000 and 4000, and as you scale up, you do lose some in the midst. And so your numbers do kind of go down a little as you get larger because you're scaling your operation and no one's going to take care of it the same way you are. Mm-hmm. So I had to be okay with to send out 2000 postcards now to get a deal instead of one, because I'm not working the whole system, but I don't have to work the whole system. So I'm okay with that. And as we bring people on and we're able to secure more deals and they're like, give me more leads and we can sell more deals. You just up it a little at a time. I didn't go from zero to 50 K a month. Just like that. I went from zero to 3K to 5K to 8K to 10K to 15K to 20K, stayed at 20K for a long time, up to 25, up to 35, and then 50. It was a progression. Trying to jump up the whole staircase is tough. Taking it one step at a time is not so bad. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Invest in yourself and that will pay out forever. Invest in a deal and you get a deal. But if you invest in yourself, You can make deals out of all sorts of things. And that's the biggest thing I've learned is the opportunities are endless because I don't know, it's like the matrix. You take the red pill or the blue pill, took the blue pill, your eyes get opened and you're like, wow, making money isn't so hard. Mm -hmm. It's creating a situation where you can make money that's difficult. And when you invest in yourself, you open that opportunity up. And when you can be successful in real estate, you can be successful in anything. Mm-hmm. Well, you certainly are not just talking the talk. You are walking the walk with the invest in yourself philosophy. You're primarily doing wholesale deals, but that's a transaction business. What, if anything, are you doing to set yourself up for the long run so that you aren't relying on a transaction business? Great question. Right now, I could enter into a buy and hold type situation with a lot of deals, but I feel like we're at the high point of the market. So I'm kind of waiting to see which direction things go until I feel a little bit more comfortable with investing in a long term. Right now it's stockpile cash and be ready for when the opportunity presents itself. And do you put that cash in just a normal savings account or do you do some sort of other thing with it? We use it on flips and things. When the right deal comes in, we've got some crews that we just kind of try and keep them on one or two flips at a time. And as we get more cash stockpiled, we do more flips. 
because the rate of return we can see on that is significantly higher. And your ability to react quickly in a flip situation for us is good because we're buying these flips at such a discount because of everything we see, they're the ones that we feel best fit our our skill sets. So we're able to, we don't cherry pick the best. We still sell at deals where people make over a hundred thousand on them. But when we see the deal that fits what our needs, right? Cause we don't want to get into the heavy construction or the big rehabs. We want to mm-hmm. keep it pretty quick and simple. So we just keep our crews on that. And that's where we invest our money and we do those flips and we've been slowly doing more and more. And now we've got to start finding other areas to put money because I guess good problem to have, but some figured that out quite yet. We're gonna do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you want to hire the guy who I hire to help me with my real estate investing business, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's coachwithtrevor.com. Running your real estate investments as a business is an important ingredient to your success. Pillars of Wealth Creation Podcast will help you get there. Host Todd Dexheimer interviews successful entrepreneurs to discover how to build financial freedom with a focus on business and real estate. Check out pillarsofwealthcreation.com and subscribe today. Best ever book you've read. Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Just interviewed him. Not sure what day it aired, but it aired probably, I don't know, about a week, week and a half ago. Best ever deal you've done. I don't want to say the name, but it was a quarter million dollar wholesale. How'd you find it? Through direct mail. They reached out, gave me a number. I said, okay. <laughs> and, and we turned around and sold it. We gave them what they needed. And their situation was such that now looking back, I see why they threw it out of what they did because there were so many. This was my Everest, this deal. Once I had finished this deal, I wasn't scared of anything in real estate because I understood it was so hard and so much work to get it done. I just, I, I don't know. I think that's when the blue pill took effect, you know, <laughs> like, oh, man, I understand now. And for them, it was their needs. And for me, it made sense for us. So we just went ahead with it. It was a great, but it was so much work. It was a four month beat down negotiation. Mm-hmm. What were two challenging aspects of that deal? The family, man, that was the biggest problem is there was heirs and the heirs didn't see eye to eye. I know what it would be like. I feel like to be like a divorce mediator or something, Mm -hmm. but the parties had no attorneys (laughs) being in there and like, oh man, it was intense. It was very eye opening and man, family comes out of the woodworks. I've seen over and over again when they realize there's money on the table Mm -hmm. and the things people will do is kind of sad. But Mm -hmm. uh, I was able to understand and that that was the hardest thing. The other hardest thing part of that is dealing with the family was difficult and then dealing with myself, not letting that have like an emotional tax that it took on me and taking that home to my kids and my family. Trying to separate those two was also eye-opening and very difficult. And learning how to do it, I know I'm not perfect at it, but realizing the importance of that and, and doing it was great for me. If we find ourselves in a similar situation with a challenging family, what would be a tip or two? Figure out how to be patient and empathy. Those would be our two tips. It would be personality traits or things in yourself that you can cultivate. If you want to be able to get through the difficult negotiations and the hard deals, patience and empathy. Making sure they know that you understand and doing your best to understand their pain. And then being patient with them, understanding they're going through something that you probably can't understand. 
What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? The first thing that pops in my head is not being patient, trying to be pushy and salesy, man. I think sales and real estate, a lot of people like to line them up. Like a good salesperson is a good listing agent or a good salesperson is going to be great at acquiring good properties. It's not the same. Real estate has this emotional tie to a lot of people who own it. And it's not the same as selling somebody a sofa or a car or some of these other things. Real estate is more tied into people and it's more a part of them. So a lot of times I feel I got that confused and didn't quite understand that the empathy and patience, the importance of that side and relatability to people rather than push the sale, push the sale. When I realized the difference between the two was a, a big step for me. And that was something that was a huge struggle for me. Best ever way you like to give back? Finding homeless people and helping them out, just random homeless people on the street. I want to find a way to do something with the city of Dallas or one of the local cities here to do like a small tiny home community or something for homeless. I've been working with homeless people, trying to help them get out of their situation, making sure they've got the warm clothes and things they need through winter. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing and get in touch with you? My Facebook, Lance Wakefield, reach out to me there. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm also on Bigger Pockets, or you can reach out to me through email, rlancewakefield at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Any of those platforms, I will do my best to get back to people. I'm usually pretty good about it, but if I don't get back to you, feel free to reach back out again. Cool. It's not going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> well, Lance, thank you so much for being on the show, talking about the two years that you have substantially grown your business from zero to now. You've got 100 deals under contract and you're averaging about 30 deals a month, primarily wholesale deals, how you've invested $250,000 in improving yourself and that ties into your best ever advice. Invest in yourself and that will pay out forever or you can invest in a deal and I modified this part. Invest in a deal and that may or may not pay out. You'll just get a deal. So thank you for sharing your approach to how you've gotten to this point the things you look for when you do pay for education you have to know there's a cause and effect you have to know what you want to get out of it and that they are delivering on that particular thing so you have to be educated enough to know what you want versus just blindly signing up for something and then the case study of how you made two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a wholesale deal in four months very challenging but I imagine well worth it <laughs> from a financial, but also a personal growth standpoint. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. It was great meeting you. Thank you for having me. Running your real estate investments as a business is an important ingredient to your success. Pillars of Wealth Creation Podcast will help you get there. Host Todd Dexheimer interviews successful entrepreneurs to discover how to build financial freedom with a focus on business and real estate. Check out pillarsofwealthcreation.com and subscribe today.